The Koi Gig Pod. I think all the concerns that we have obviously being that middle tier are very valid considering just how much we benefited from playing teams of a higher calibre going into our qualifiers. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Zemo going on his own! He gets the try! The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try from outside. Nobody knows monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along, I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 45 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel and with me as always is Neve Briggs. How are you Neve? Hi Quinny, how are you keeping? I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, it was uh, obviously a great a great occasion last um, last Thursday night. We talk a little bit about that but obviously a bit of sad news um, with Monster Rugby with the passing of my former manager and friend I would say, Jerry Holland. Um, uh, he had Jerry had an illness and he was you know battling for for a, 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 probably a long time and unfortunately um, he passed away on, on Sunday morning early Sunday morning and it was a, a big shock to everyone um, I put a tweet out late last night because I wasn't really sure uh, yesterday should we even do the podcast how I felt about that but um it was obviously, um, you know, very, very sad and, and and a shock to everyone, particularly all my my teammates. I know to his family, obviously, um, Corkon Rugby Club, who he's an integral part of, and that was um, he's one of his big loves in his life, um, Jerry, and just a contribution he made to rugby. But he was um, he was a team manager who the players loved. Um, you know, we got on great with him. He uh, people were, you know particularly at the the very start of the kind of journey that a lot of us would have been on in, in 96, 97 onwards for a couple of years. Um, and just to get to know the guy over the years and obviously be be wary of him because uh, your team manager has to instill a bit of discipline into a wild group of young fellas coming together uh, and going on that whole European journey. But um, it was very sad for for everyone. Uh, Jerry was only 66. Um and particularly to 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 Billy, his son as well, and and uh, the rest of his family, um, it was obviously you know very very sad news. Yeah, look, it, it is it's, it's a huge void I think for him. Not only once rugby, but you talk about it already about Corcon and to his family. It's, you know, fortunate to have met him a couple of times and an absolute gentleman. Um, and it, it's only when you kind of the next generation down from you when you get to see and speak to Billy that you realise um, that probably aura, that sense of of, of true Munster was, was was passed down to the next generation. So, yeah, look, our, our thoughts and sympathies are with um, the Holland family, Cork Con and, and uh, the wider Munster family, I suppose, as well. Yeah, and uh, just, I think for the players um, who played in that kind of generation and obviously winning the Heineken Cups and all that kind of stuff. Um, Jerry was was very much a part of that through the whole journey. Looked after all our parents when they were looking for tickets and um, they all had great, great friendships and, and he was unbelievably popular, but looked after the players. I think one of the, 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 when I, when I kind of, when, when I signed my first contract in 97, I think we were, we're up and down the Cork training in and out to Limerick, obviously. Um, every couple of days we'd be in either Cork or Limerick training. And I was living in Tip. And um, 
I remember I put, after a couple of months, we were told, asked, did we have any expenses? And I put in my expenses for, for mileage to Cork and the driving and um, the, the the fuel expenses, basically. So I put them in for a couple of months and uh, I was only on a part-time contract at the start. So Jerry called me aside one stage and said, uh, Quinny, there's a problem here. Um, I need to talk to you about the expenses. And I was like, thank God, did I put in too much here or or is there a problem getting him paid? And he said, look, uh, there's only, there is a problem, but um, I, I'm a bit bemused at the amount of uh, expenses you put in for, for driving to Cork, he I said. And I said, all right, right. And he said, um, yeah, he says, you don't actually have a car. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I was getting a lift down with Johnny Lacey all the time. And, uh, you know, I'd often get out of the car and say hello to, to Hall when he was in the yard in Musgrave Park and stuff. So, <laughs> but um, he was just marking my card, but uh, then told me it's grand, sure, we, we'll put him in. You could do it to few Bob anyway. So, um, oh, I remember good. thinking at the start, he's he's sound out and he's great crack. Um, but he always had players back. He was a real players manager, do you know what I mean? And I think, because obviously he'd coached the team. He'd coached Munster from 94 to 97, played for Munster, played for Ireland. And um, even in 96, when I went to some Munster training sessions, Jerry was one of the coaches and he would have called me up to Munster. So I, I just always kind of, I just clicked with him straight away and, and all the players did. You know, if there was any bit of messing that went away, on away on tour or anything, you know, uh, Hall would just say discipline, and that that became a kind of a running joke that uh, you know we we talk about Hall and the discipline. He just keep keep an eye on everyone, but um, he was a great rugby man as well and a great friend. And it is, it's obviously um, you know as I said, a really really kind of tough situation for for all these family friends and and for the rugby community as well because so many people within the game in Ireland knew Jerry well and. Uh, of course, it's on the back of of Paul McNaughton's passing last week as well, who was um, team manager for a couple of years when I, when I was with Ireland. Um, another very popular guy, and um, so two legends of the game gone in the last in the last number of days, which is sad. And it was ironic; both of them were team managers. Um, obviously, played for Ireland, both of them, and they were an integral part of of a lot of players' careers. Um, that I know anyway. So very difficult and very sad. So I didn't know whether we do the podcast or not, but, um, you know, Jerry, the manager, the manager for me is probably the most important person within that kind of coaching group. Cause they're the kind of ones that, as you say, like you can have to crack with the discipline, sort out the parents, sort out you. They're, it's kind of understated. I don't think we give them enough, um, a team manager with, with, with any sporting team is really important because they're the ones that kind of are looking from the outside at, at the coaches as well, how they're dealing with players, um, you know, keeping an eye out for, for guys on and off the field. And I think Jerry was brilliant. He was amazing at that. He wasn't just brilliant. He was, he would always keep in touch with people and he had a great empathy and compassion for the individual and would check in with people a lot. And, that's why the, the players had great respect for him. You wouldn't cross him. And he was big on discipline as regards, you know, how you behave going through airports and hotels, off the field. Um, so, you know, he was... Um, and again, a lot of a lot of people had great respect for him. And you can see the, 
the comments online um, from from you know people talking about Jerry and you know everyone was saying he's just he was a he was a great rugby man but a gentleman as well so he will be sorely missed and it's um it's going to be tough tough on everybody um, but his contribution to not just people's rugby careers but people's lives as well was immense and I know that for from personal from a personal point of view. Um, and you know our sympathies to the McNaughton family as yeah. well two, two great rugby men there's a great shot actually online that I think Rob Henderson put up of Axel and and Jerry Holland after we won the the Heineken Cup in 2006 it was a real kind of iconic fix, uh, picture and it just sums up the happiness in both their faces um, was was um, really apparent from that but um, anyway, um, and I know Jerry watched the game last. I spoke to Billy last night. Um, Jerry watched the game last Thursday night, and even in his illness, he was animated and excited, and he was in hospital watching it and very unwell. But um, he He'd loved. Been the delighted fight. to see his inquiry. Yeah, he was delighted. Yeah, he was delighted, and um, you know. But Jerry was Jerry was you know. There's some sometimes there's a bit of debate about the Munster rugby uh, Limerick Cork kind of situation that divide. He he was one of the people who kind of facilitated in 2004 when we lost to Wasps. Um, a number of the senior players in that group who were there for a number of years, uh, sitting down and kind of debating the how are we going to get better. Do we need to go to one centre? How would this work? Um, and you know, Jerry was a staunch Cork con man and a Cork a Cork true and true. Um, he was Cork true and true, but. His best interests were always what was best for you know his goal always was what was best for Munster rugby, um, so he laid down brilliant foundations. Declan Kidney, Nyla Donovan were coaches there for a number of years. Um, he was manager under Alan Gaffney as well, so I'm sure lots of people were crowned um, lots of happy, funny stories today because Hall was a great character, and and, and as I said, he'd be sorely missed. Um, on the game um, last Thursday night, it was a special occasion and Munster won 28-14. It's been very apparent and obvious that it's been a tough start to the season. I just think jumping right to the end to see those young players with a smile on their faces, to see the excitement, to see them doing the, the lap of honour um, was was special. Without getting carried away and, and putting it in, in context, obviously there was no league points at stake and... Uh, but just to see the happiness and the joy from the players and the crowd, you know, loving it as well, and and the atmosphere there, it was really special. Monster won twenty eight fourteen. I don't think any of us are going to get carried away and think this is going to sort out all our problems. But I put a tweet out yesterday, Neve, um, asking, can Monster build on this, and where where did they go to from here? You can read out some of the tweets. Yeah. So obviously, look, it was great. You were there. The atmosphere was obviously incredible. It sounded like it on TV. We were, I was coaching, we were training with the club, so I didn't get down to it. But is that something that can you see in the you know in the future going back to the park? Um, it looked, it looked, it looked incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. I think the whole occasion, just uh, the, the being outside the stadium at the start. Um, Seeing the crowds coming in, um, the joy. Like the weather the, was mighty, like, and the weather, yes, the weather, the weather, still. Yeah, the weather was up. terrible, and obviously it was a pretty daunting task coming up against a very strong, on paper South African side who had fourteen full internationals. So, given where Munster probably were and the confidence, and maybe a bit nervous that this was an occasion that 
they just had to get a performance and try and win the game because I think they've had a fair bit of negativity and disappointment probably within their own group um, since the start of the season. So it was just it was just had that feeling that it was going to be a special night again, special and it, tur- it turned out that way. So it's amazing. Yeah. They've got to try and harness that a little, as best they can, and you know to have beaten New Zealand, Australia, and now South Africa um, is is special. But you know, look at the end of the day, I think people want them to try and climb up the table, and they've used fifty seven players this season so far. Um, I think I said fifty five last week, but it's actually fifty seven, which is a hell of a amount of players. But you could see a little bit of continuity in that performance the other night, and the fans who, yeah. who tweeted you were all yeah. pleased. I think it was great. It looked like to me the shackles were off. And I think that when there's no pressure on, you can you can do things probably above your means in terms of, of, of you as a group. But Liam Sheen came, tweeted in saying the venue was a great success. Munster will always be capable of a one-off performance like this. The question is, can we use it to kick on to produce this level of consistency? consistently? Type 5 were f- fantastic and the halfbacks, particularly Healy, looked international class. No fear. Martin Bramall, unlike the Wasps game, they won't change back to a different game plan um, like under Van Gran. Further evolution of the new system was seen. Confidence will be high and Connacht will be up for the derby game. Healy responded to Crowley and controlled the game. We'll, we'll chat about that afterwards. Uh, Joe said, promising young squad coming through. Great to see a sellout crowd even on a wet Thursday night when money is tight for so many. Hopefully performances continue to build in the next block of games. Desmond O'Sullivan, fantastic night for Munster Rugby. The challenge now is to bank this performance and build on it game by game. John Lynch, very important that Munster reconnect with Cork fans this season. There's only three URC games in Walsgrave Park, otherwise everything else happens in Limerick. That's an unhealthy balance and not helping to grow a fan base. No one wants to return to the old them versus us ways we need to move forward. John uh, came up with Munster seemed to play with a lack of fear in the park last night. That night, not paralysed by double thought or overthinking. Who knows? Reminded me of the team that beat Wasps away last December, young and fearless, and never played together again. RIP Big Jerry, a decent man. And uh, just one or two more. Just we, we have some quality young lads coming through. A dog bow looks like a future captain and won't be long before he gets an Ireland call-up at this rate. Could be a line in the next to this in future it's no, no pressure we have some serious options at both halfback positions too Tom Durkin we super evening we walked straight from work in the city centre super passionate and a high level of work rate shown throughout conditions were tricky and were uh, dealt with admirable Daly still showing strong form again let's hope uh, European Cup displays are strong going forward Victor Ford, a dog bone literally were outstanding. Witcherly cleanouts were off the charts. At one point, his own forklift to monster South Africans, enabling try scoring opportunity. A dog bone is Brad Thorn tough. When he hits a mole, it stops dead. Love to see that halfback combo get more minutes together. Just before we go on, there's a few more, but a couple of things. We, the, the halfback combination seems to have come up a lot in relation to. To the game. We obviously spoke about the young players and, and how well they did. But there have been lots of high hopes about Paddy Patterson on, on the back of a very good pre-season for him. Apparently he was training very, very well and we haven't seen a huge amount of him in URC. You know, he started one game, didn't play the next game um, and there was kind of questions around his decision-making. 
I thought last Thursday night he was absolutely sensational and um, he's Craig Casey-esque in terms of the speed of the ball that um, his decision making I thought um, you know his all around game I thought was really really good and on the back of that uh, because the ball was so quick Healy then gets to to, to play and you know, we talk a lot about the, the difference between Healy and this Crowley and this, this kind of rivalry that's probably going to go for another few years and people have different opinions on. Healy reminds me of an old school Raj S10 where he pins corners, a wonderful kicker, um, not a huge amount of explosiveness of speed, but really good understanding of the game and, and how to how to see it. And whereas Crowley plays at the cold place, he's a bit like Sexton, he plays at that line. He's... He's different. He's explosive. He's got unbelievable footwork, and he's got a good picking game. I think over the next foreseeable future, you know, when they play, it'll not really depend on. I'd be interested to hear your opinion on this. It'll not really depend on actually their form. I think it'll depend on who they're playing. Yeah, maybe. I think um, we obviously we'll talk about the performances in a minute, but uh, it was encouraging to see. Um, not just those players that you mentioned, but a lot of the other players seem to just kind of excel and get the emotion. I, I keep mentioning it all the time and it's probably something that people um, will get sick of me hearing, just getting up for the games. It sounds like something that's very easy to do. It's not. Um, getting your head mentally mentally right and being having that bit of spark inside you to go and go out and, and perform. And rugby's a um, you know, physical game, so sometimes... It's uh, it's it it's it doesn't work if you're easing your way into a game, particularly when you're under under pressure. And I think uh, we saw that from a lot of the players the other night. That's what pleased me the most. They, they, there was a lot of that fight, that aggression. They looked fitter. Uh, they looked at uh, you know some of the players. You know Ben Healy did have a really good performance the last time he played. wasn't so good. So um, that can happen. Players um, when you're in pivotal positions like scrum half and ten, you're going to have a lot of involvements in the game. You're going to hold the ball a lot. You're going to make lots of decisions up on 60, 70, 80 times. So there's going to be a mistake or two. But I think the body language of of, of Ben Healy was 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 spot on. That's where he needs to be. Um, just to finish off the tweets, there's another tweet from sorry. Uh, a friend of mine, Pat O'Donnell uh, from New York, Long Island, who listens into the pod all the time. Um, he just said that uh, you know he was he was in an Irish bar Thursday night and uh, with lots of Munster fans uh, watching the game and well it wasn't Thursday night for them it was Thursday afternoon I I, I would say um, and it was brilliant it was loads of Munster fans um, got together in New York to watch the game so going back to what I said at the start I don't think anyone in Munster for anyone outside of Munster that's gone God Munster blowing this out of proportion or this is getting people are getting too excited by this. <laughs> We know that it's been a tough start to the season. We know where Munster sit in the table. And uh, we've spoken a lot about that and the reasons for that and the cause for optimism. Um, so I think on Thursday night, if it's harnessed right and they get that understanding of where they need to be more consistently, obviously you get another match under your belt. You get a little bit of more cohesion with these players. Well, it is something they can build on. So just going on. To you, right? yep. Fergal O'Shea tweeted in and thought it was a really good point. I hope the pork is the earmark for one big game per season, either a European Cup match or Leinster. Announced in August, so the excitement builds hashtag monster in the park. Make it a tradition like Leinster on Stephen's Day and it'll become a special occasion 
in the Munster calendar. And and as relevance to what he's saying, um, I'm a tip man, so I'm right in the middle. And yeah, uh, I'm, you know, I'm from Waterford. So go, going back, going back to those conversations with Jerry Holland, with Declan Kidney, and in, in 2004, and a number of the senior players when we sat down, I, I was kind of in the middle, even though. I, I felt that we had to come together in one centre, whether that be Cork, Limerick, yeah. or, or, or Charleville, or even Tipperary, wherever. We needed to be together to train more, and that obviously happened. So there's a little bit of this Limerick-Cork kind of stuff has come up, and it, it's come up because we're Munster have struggled and people are looking, and, and rightly so, there's a lot of questions being asked about you know, certain things in, in, in Munster, the development, where, where, where the club is going, all that kind of stuff. Um. And there's, I met so many people the other night from Cork uh, saying, oh, there needs to be more games in Cork. There needs to be more games in Parky Cueve. And of course there does. And this this should and will ha- happen again, hopefully. But then I meet people from Limerick saying all their Cork friends and people from Cork are, are reminding them then of the atmosphere. And there's great slagging going on between the two. But um, I think, yes, I don't know if you can earmark it in the calendar. I think the way the only way this will happen uh, going forward is if you get to the latter stages of Europe and you have to have a bigger stadium and you can't play in your home venue in semi-finals. Um, we saw my big fear there or quarterfinals. Um, yeah, my, well, it was my, the Ed Sheeran concert last year. But if there yeah. is, if but, there is a my, need to to get more people there, and actually from a bread and butter point of view, more finances, you know, to get a bigger crowd in, it's definitely an option and should be looked at again. You're you're looking at an April May time then, and there's no way the GA will allow that. In my, you know what I mean, and that's where we're going to be under pressure for that. I think if there's, if there's I think you look pick, at if there's a big check at the end of it, they'll might try and make it work. Yeah, um, yeah. Dave, we better move on because um, yeah. the occasion was amazing. the 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 result was brilliant. Um, you know, being the devil's advocate, South Africa were disappointing with their attack. It was a really difficult night, but we know we know and knew what they were going to do, how strong they were going to be. They're very, very powerful men. And there was periods of the game where Munster were hanging on and under all sorts of pressure. But I think that was, that's just the, the stuff they can really get out of the game, the way they, they they dug in for each other and they defended. They gave away a lot of penalties on, on those situations because they were under so much pressure. The scrum was under a bit of pressure and I think they, they managed their way through that and did really well. Uh, but for me, and you know, we go positive negatives every week in this podcast. I, I just want to focus on the positives here and a quick summation of um obviously the positives of the standout players and the one thing that jumps out, and I'm sure you, we've spoken about it before we come on, is the attack. There was real glimpses and signs that passes were sticking. Zebo scores to try. Um <clears throat> Shane Daly's try was brilliant. Um and there was many other occasions where in, in, in wet conditions and a slippery ball that Munster were, these passes that weren't sticking in the first seven games of the URC were starting to, you know, see some fruition there. Yeah, hugely, I thought. I thought there were so many positives in that game from the build-up um, and then the actual game itself. I thought the back row were really, really good. Um, the just no work rate was off the charts. It was the line speed. It was their intensity. Um, and yeah, look, uh, their catch pass. I I think you know there was lots of there was lots of people annoyed and upset and trying to figure out you know about that emerging Ireland tour and what what its function was. And 
I think Shane Daly's confidence gone to another level this year, and I think that he's playing so so well. He just looks incredibly energetic. He's like his work rate's really really good. He comes like coming off his wing all the time, but it's also his ability on the ball, his footwork and contact is so so good. We're seeing a little bit of like kind of explosiveness and. Um, yeah, I I thought Mike Haley was really really good, and there was just I I just felt like there was really like so much positives. They looked to move the ball. Probably the, the biggest thing that came out of it was you know how much monster have you missing Anton Frisch at the start of the season? How incredible was he that offload to set the game going? And um, unfortunately, he looks like he picked up an injury in that game and uh, could be out for a while. But um, that is. That to me is where this 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 squad are going in terms of their attack. Do you understand? Like even when everybody comes back from Ireland and everybody's fit and ready, that's where they're going. It'll be an Anton Frisch probably affected to in midfield, and you know what I mean. And players that we've been used to starting and playing all the time won't be playing all the time because they're an inability to be able to probably carry out this time of game game plan in terms of the way the game is evolving. It's all action. It's all energy and. You know, fitness levels need to be off the roof. Your basics, your catch pass, your ability to hold your feet, explosiveness after after you catch the ball, your ability to be able to offload in and out of contact. I just think um, there was loads and loads of positives. But um, yeah, I think Anton Frisch, um, Munster fans would have been really, really happy to see him finally back on the pitch. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked to have um, something different there. And uh we haven't seen, obviously, he's been away with Emerging Ireland, had an injury. Um, so I think he was really good. I thought Rory Scannell played really well. Uh, yeah, 12, he does, yeah. Um, and, and moved the ball, wasn't just kind of uh, holding on to it and kind of running up for, for Zebo's try. He did that lovely little wraparound pass. Mike Haley looked to be, you know, really, really good in his counter-attack as well. Um, I, like up the front, up front, I think, um, you know, Kieran McDonald deserves a lot of credit. Um He's been with with the club for only a week or something before that, a week and a half. I thought he was brilliant, a dog bow. Um, you know, and the, the players, the not just the players who start, Roman Salano, Dermot Barron, Josh Richley, under so much pressure, such a big South African A-side um, front row. Dermot Barron's really come to the fore, hasn't he, over the last the last few yeah, weeks? Yeah, he's, he's been really um, good. He's been really he's been good. good. And I think his ability around the field as well and... Um, you know, the overall contribution. But look, they look like a tight-knit pack. John, John Hodnett, I just, uh, the amount yeah. of tackles he makes, um, the effectiveness Incredible. of those tackles. Gavin Coombs looked a little bit frustrated coming off, had moments in the game. Um, and and I'm sure maybe that A game is still probably lingering a little bit. Uh, and he had some very good carries in the game. But overall, as a pack, I think they worked really hard together. So, um, Dennis they, Leamy would be really pleased. And the bench. And, they, and, they, not, and I love that they've, that they tried to move the ball. Like the weather was so bad. Like, but it's the they, only way they could play, Neve, and it's it, that's what pleased people. Um, yeah, you, you weren't going to run saying. out over South Africa or out, no, no, I know. Or out, out yeah. you know, um, but sticking to the process, even when South Africa got that first try and stuff. You know, you're thinking, and scrum had been under pressure, and you're going. Yeah, but it, it of, wasn't. You were we're talking about attack here and a big positive. It wasn't. Um, just going from winger to winger to winger over and back for the sake of it, shipping the ball. <laughs> on. I think their overall shape and phase play is much yeah. better. There's yeah. a much better work rate, and obviously the fitness levels have improved um, of people getting back in shape. And then, you know, South Africa were quite narrow at time, and they were finding a lot of space in in the wider channels. 
um, and the impact of the bench as well, you know. So right across the board, I think it was a really positive thing. And that's what I said. Um, I, I just thought, God, it's lovely. It's nice for these players to see them just kind of hugging and laughing and joking and smiling at the end of a match that, you know, they've had a tough start. There's been a lot of probably mm. long faces in dress rooms there, a lot of tough conversations around the way they've played and mistakes and errors, their discipline at times, um, the execution. So it was really nice to see that. We've got to move on. It was a brilliant performance. Um, we'll talk a little just at the end. Um, we'll we'll talk about it now. 26th of November, Connacht's come to Thoman Park. Yeah. Um, well, you know, dare we say it, and we've probably said this in the last three or four games in the URC, Munster have to, and it's not going to be easy, they've got to try and get a win here for obvious reasons. Uh, it's a home game and and the URC points are badly needed. Connacht will be feeling the same, but certainly Connacht got one over them a few weeks ago in, 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 in Galway. And then on the 2nd of December, they're away, a very tough game away in Edinburgh. Um, and then the next game they play is the 26th of of December. So this these block of URC games, there's three coming up between now and, and Stephen's Day. Um they've got to at least win the, uh, two of those, I think. Um, yeah. And look, but at the end of the day, I don't think they can look too far ahead. It's the Connacht game at home and Connacht will come all guns a blazing uh, the week after week after next. So um it's gonna be uh, an interesting one. Can Monster and a lot of the tweets and messages can Monster build on what they did on Thursday night in the park. We'll wait and see. Uh, I, I, I think you're coming in. Sorry, I think you're coming into uh, training this week on the back of that, bouncing. Like, almost wishing that you had a game this weekend because confidence will be huge for that group. Um, but, you know, this will be Andy Friend's last visit to Toma Park. They'll have their own emotional attachment to this game. So... Munster will be, um, you know, will need to really get to the pitch. I do think Munster will win that. I think Munster are a different kettle of fish when they're at home than when they are when they play away. So we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see. It's we'll um, see. Connacht have yeah. been been down to uh, Tomah Park and had a lot, nice bit of success against Munster in the last couple of of of, of occasions. Um, it's a really important game, no doubt about it. Andy Friend, yeah, you mentioned it there. He's announced he's, he's going back home at the end of the season. So um, I think he's been brilliant for Connacht. Obviously, yeah. very, very popular guy. And uh, we won't wish him well next week against Munster, but after that, we will for the rest of the season. Um, our gold star of the week, Neve, this week, it's I think uh, you could pick lots of Munster players. We've struggled in the last number of weeks to be finding gold stars, but um, I think we both agree in this. Paddy Patterson, um, yeah. He was outstanding. A really brilliant performance. It, his out interview afterwards was even better, to be fair. It was, yeah. It was brilliant. And uh, the one of the tweeters there, and somebody actually texted me and said, please don't give Paddy Patterson any media training. Um, we loved the raw interview afterwards. Yeah. And uh, he threw in a few F-bombs. And I wasn't sure even he knew that he did because he looked like... I don't think it was a case of I don't care. I just think he... He got lost in the moment and there was a few F-bombs in there. It was half nine, quarter to ten at night. So I think, uh, I don't think was, anyone took any offence. And it was a raw, emotional interview. But his performance, I think, was was really outstanding. His speed of delivery, the way he was bouncing in and out of rocks, bringing players into it, hitting runners, keeping the ball alive. I, I think this guy is, his ceiling can be, can you know, has he's really impressed a lot of people. 
And I think that one on Thursday night, that performance, because we hear stuff coming out of the camp about how impressive he was in pre-season, as you said. But I think this one will do his confidence the world good, that he's got the player of the match. And, you know, he's performed here in a big game that's uh, that there's a lot of eyes on, shall we say. Um, so I think he's going to, he could push on and, and, and go up the ladder and get involved with Irish squads going forward. We, we need him to anyway. Like I'm not sure what the the underlying story with Conor Murray is. It didn't look good when he was running through um, and pulled up um, for that injury. He's obviously out of the next uh, this game this weekend with the yeah. international. So like, how long is he going to be out? So once they're going to need him, they're going to need Paddy Patterson to be performing him and pushing Craig Casey. Um, you know, over the next few weeks to create that competition because. Uh, you know, it's it's pivotal. It's so 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 important. Yeah, he had it was brilliant, and he's very very well deserving of the gold star of the week. So well done, Paddy. Don't change the interview. Don't let Fiona get hold of you and kind of, <laughs> uh, fi- fix the the way you do your interviews afterwards. But look, uh, it was harmless, and I'm sure we won't be getting the f bombs the next day. Paddy is on if he gets player of the game again, but. He was outstanding. I thought he was brilliant. And he really epitomized the energy that that monster brought to the to the game. So lots of positives um, and lots of, of I think, a, a really important special night for Munster. And it's amazing. And I think we're both probably in agreement. And I think any, anyone who knows their rugby um, knows that, you know, Munster have got to try and get league wins. And that's what it's yeah. about now going forward. But I think it was just for the coaches as well and for Graham Roundtree, um, you know, and, and the rest of the coaches there. I think they probably are feeling the pain most here because when you're you're trying to coach this team and there's been so many injuries, so many changes. I, I was looking down from the commentary position at the end of the game and I just went, just enjoy the moment. Um, yeah. You, I don't know if you saw the, the gif going around of... Um, one of the tries and all coaching box just jumps up. So Prendy is going ballistic and everything. And Dennis Leamy just doesn't know emotion, just sits there and just starts typing away on his laptop as if he's just like, it's just hilarious. That's Leamy, I suppose, in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, but in t- inside he would have been, you know, uh, no, go, delighted, I know that, obviously. But I yeah, but that's really... him. Yeah, he has yeah, the kind yeah. of po- poker face <laughs> on and... Uh, Leams played like that sometimes too. If you scored a try, it's like get back to the halfway line. What do we do next? And you know, one one thing just before we finish, I think, and the players won't need me to say this because I'm sure the coaches will cover this. I think getting this emotional pitch right is important going forward. They're going to get a very determined, physical, aggressive Connacht team coming to Tolman Park, and people will sense vulnerability and opportunity to kind of get one over Munster. And even though the results have been poor, it's still a big scalp for, for most teams, for all teams who play against them and they want to beat Munster. So, um, you know, the young players like Adogbo and and John Hodnett and Dermot Barron, even though Josh Witchley, these guys just, the physical kind of um, collisions and the, the, the physicality of that game um, will, I'm not saying it'll do them the world of good, but it, it, it will benefit them going forward that... You're not. There's nothing going to be. I don't think as physical and as powerful in the URC. Um, although when you play the South African teams, yes, you'll you'll same put, thing. Yeah, it's it's similar. Um, but this was a really really physical, intense kind of pressure all through the game, and they stood up really well. And they've got to try and you know um, improve their game, 
improve their fitness, improve the accuracy and all that kind of stuff. So, um, uh, well done to them. It was brilliant to be there and it was a brilliant occasion. And it was something that, you know, um, as a tip man, I stood in the terraces in Porky Cueve many times at hurling matches and I just couldn't believe I was there. Like, obviously you're, you're, you know what's happening for a period of time, but when you're there in the middle and you're thinking, God, this this is just, it's a surreal feeling. And uh, it had that kind of feel right from the start. And um, it was a really special night and it was brilliant. And those players will remember for a long time. Somebody sent a message on YouTube the other day saying, oh, look, there's not, it's not more than kind of bar stool stories in 30 years. There's no URC points and your people are blowing it out of proportion. But I just thought to myself, isn't that a lovely feeling for any of these players? Even if they don't make Europe or qualify for the playoffs, in 30 years to be saying, God, wasn't that a lovely night in Cork on, you know, in 2022 when we beat South Africa? So yes. there is special memories there. Um, we're not going to, just before we finish, we're going to mention Ireland-Fiji. It was a difficult game, lots of mistakes. Um, they play Australia this week. Um, I think one of the big positives not just for Ireland, but from a Munster point of view, is Jack Crowley coming on. He looked comfortable. He yeah. looked composed. We speak about confidence, self-belief. There's a possibility um, that Jack Crowley could start on Saturday. I know uh, Johnny Sexton has a knock as well, but I, I presume and I think he will be back. Um, but Joey Carberry's ruled out of the game. So Ross Bourne has been called up. But Jack Crowley looks like he'll be on the bench um, uh, on Saturday, which, I, I again, I think... Um, is really kind of uh, he looked comfortable and there was a lot of applause for him yeah. after the game so well done to Jack Crowley he was brilliant um, Rog put a tweet up um, the other day with him as a little child um, getting a photo with Rog so I think it's really special and it's a big thing for Munster I think as well that um, you know he's excelling on now and he's in this group and he's impressed a lot of people so um, we'll uh, we look forward to um, you know Looking back at the Australia game, hopefully Ireland finished with a strong performance against Australia at the weekend. And then obviously looking ahead to to that Connacht game, which is going to be really important uh, going forward. So that's it for episode 45, the Red 78. Uh, to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 and press subscribe. And don't forget to get in touch with us. You can either tweet Neve or myself or leave uh, a message, uh, tweet the Ask Rugby Channel 15 or leave a comment on YouTube. Um, so that's it for this week, Neve. It was uh, it was nice to have a positive podcast this time to to be able to look at something that was really special, and it was. Um, it was a lovely situation with the players, and I just I think they deserved it. They've probably had a they've put a lot of work in, and it hasn't worked out for them. Um, and nobody's getting carried away. I've probably said that three or four times. I'm not allowing myself to get carried away, but I think there is optimism and there is cause for that optimism. And hopefully now they can start claiming some league points and get a bit of consistency and co cohesion in their performances going forward. It's going to be difficult, but um, it was certainly nice to see that on Thursday night. So um, thanks again. And sure, we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Quinny. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. <laughs>